But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. I suppose as you hear of this extraordinary event that happens to St. Paul, or as he was known then as Saul, you might be a little bit envious. Especially for those of you who maybe were like myself, baptized as an infant, never knew how the other half lived, so to speak, didn't get to be a rebellious child, and then have this miraculous conversion happen, I suppose we might be a little bit envious. But we shouldn't be. The life of Saul before his conversion was not one of grace and mercy and peace, but his conscience, his heart, his mind was constantly being tormented day and night under not only the judgment of God's law, not believing in forgiveness, but also under all of the pharisaical commands. Paul describes himself as a Pharisee of Pharisees, or as we heard today, actually one of the most remarkable of the students. What did he say? Advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the tradition of my fathers. We shouldn't be envious of him. It's a terrible sort of life. Although, I suppose in an earthly sense, it's somewhat satisfying to accomplish a great number of rules and obligations and to live an ordered and disciplined life. But to not know the forgiveness of sins, to not know the peace of conscience that only Jesus can give by his shed blood, that's terrible. And so the Lord actually has done a great mercy for him by coming to him as he is a persecutor of the church, as he is offending the saints of God, as he is actually assaulting Jesus himself, as he assaults Jesus' little ones, those of his body. He does a, Jesus has done a merciful thing for him in coming to him and striking him blind and sending him to Damascus. And then commending to him a preacher, a preacher who will come and speak the word of absolution, lay his hands on him so that he would regain his sight and now have something that he didn't have before. Not the spirit of the law, but rather, or the spirit of the letter, but now the Holy Spirit. The spirit that gives life. The spirit who gives peace. The spirit who gives Jesus and his forgiveness. In this way, being jealous of Paul is kind of like that older brother in the parable of the lost son who was jealous of the way that his younger brother got to live. I think forgetting actually how terrible it is to end up in a pigsty and hungry and broke in a foreign land. It's not a life that you want to live. And rather, he should rejoice that this lost brother has been found. And so should we, that this lost brother, Saul, has been found by the Lord and converted into faith. But also, I think we get caught up in the spectacle of this conversion of Paul, and we forget that actually 
This is what our Lord Jesus does to us actually each and every day. Every day we die to our sin. We confess them before we go to sleep, not going to letting the sun go down on our anger. We confess, we plead for the Lord's forgiveness, and we sleep in peace, which is another way of saying resting in peace. In a sense, we die each night. In the morning, we rise in the light of Christ, forgiven to live a day according to his word. Every day, dying and rising, as Luther reminds us in the Catechism, again quoting from St. Paul on baptism, each baptism, each day, our baptism as we remember it, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is another, I may call it a little conversion. I don't think there were scales falling off your eyes in the morning, or maybe it does feel that way some mornings. <laughs> but still, the Lord changing our hearts by his word as we meditate upon it in the morning, and as we go about our work that he has set before us that day. Confessing our sins in the evening, hearing that word of forgiveness, in the Lord's Prayer, spoken by spouse or by father to children, or even by pastor, and going to bed in peace. But of course, you just did it a few minutes ago as well. There was another sort of conversion when you, not by your own reason or strength, but rather by the Holy Spirit's doing, the Holy Spirit given to you in baptism, brought you to confess that you are a poor, miserable sinner and have nothing to give and needing to receive everything from Jesus. Your heart being converted again by those words, especially the words, I as a called, ordained servant of, of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, right? In the name of Jesus, I forgive you all your sins. Those words are, again, another kind of conversion. Your eyes are opened and you can see Jesus for who he is. A God who is full of grace and mercy and patience and kindness and long-suffering. A God that St. Paul didn't even know. But of course, there is another sort of conversion that happens. And our Lutheran confessions, namely the uh, formula of Concord, talks about how our will is converted. I'm talking about our will. It has to be converted. It has to be regenerated, is the language it uses. That we have no love for God. We don't desire him. We don't try to come to him. Whereas inanimate, an object as the coin and the lost coin. But even worse than that, we're stubborn and resistant, our will is, like the lost sheep who has fled the shepherd's care and wants nothing to do with him, or the younger son who left his father's good graces and took his inheritance and squandered it. That's the description of our will. That's the description of who we are, apart from God the Holy Spirit working the same sort of miraculous conversion that he worked in St. Paul. And in the formula of Concord, it says that this happens when the law and the gospel are properly distinguished and preached to you. Faith comes by preaching and preaching by the word of Christ. The predict, as Luther calls it, the German. So it is that even now, maybe you didn't realize it, but before I started speaking, we're going to take God's word seriously. There were something like scales over your eyes. You've been struck blind. And now, in the preaching of God's word of gospel, I forgive you all your sins, those scales are dropped again. You come to know Jesus as gracious and kind and merciful, 
a Jesus who is for you and not against you, whether you are like St. Paul, chief of sinners and a persecutor of his church, a latecomer to the faith, or maybe you've been here since your birth, or rather rebirth and baptism as a young person, regardless of where you came from, now you are all children of God, forgiven, saints, lovers, and, of course, proclaimers. Having received his word of forgiveness, now you are given to forgive one another freely in Jesus' name. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.